This is a remote dating podcast where we share outlandish dating stories from people who are locked down in love. In season one, Be My Quarantine, we connect people struggling to find romance in quarantine with people who have been doing long distance and virtual dating since long before lockdown, digital nomads. We cover everything from rediscovering your sexuality during lockdown to getting revenge on a middle school crush. Yes, one of us really did that. Listen until the end to hear the full story. This is episode 7 of Dating Abroad, Sonnet 69. I'm Ellie. And I'm Kayla. We're your hosts for Dating Abroad, a podcast about unconventional dating stories. In this episode, we're talking about sex during lockdown, so we really hope none of our family members are listening. We'll speak to business mentor and founder of Remote Mission, Natalia, who's been with her partner for a gazillion years and says lockdown has done wonders for her sex life. But we don't want to leave out our single listeners or ourselves, so we're also going to discuss why lockdown is a great opportunity for people living alone to get more in touch with their sexuality. But first, it's time for a video call named Desire. In this segment, we give you a little update on our virtual dating escapades over the past week. So I actually have an update this week. Yay! Yay. Um, Actually, it's not a video call. I had an audio call. So I'm taking it slow with with Voice Note Man, who I mentioned last week, our interaction started... Well, I met him on the Digital Nomad dating app Fairy Trail. Then we started chatting and almost immediately um, just started chatting by voice note, which I love. And then eventually we decided to do an audio call, uh, which, which was fun, actually. He was nice. He was really smart. I kind of felt a bit inadequate because I felt like he was way smarter than me. <laughs> <laughs> He's also... no definitely true um he's also quite young and after (laughs) it's quite funny how old is he he's 27 okay i like that yeah um i have friends who are 27 but normally with guys i tend to date older guys so it's yeah it's a bit unusual and after our call he was he was going slacklining with some friends (laughs) and i was like I didn't say this to him, but I had to Google what that was, <laughs> which made me feel a bit old. Um, but yeah, it was it was good, and I'd be up for stepping things up a notch and having a video date next time. Mm-hmm. Also, he got points for listening to the podcast and saying it sounded professional. Oh, okay. Now I'm torn because I was about to say I'm like very skeptical skeptical about the slacklining thing. Like I know maybe it's a very North American thing. I'm not sure. Um, but like that's a very there's a lot of stereotypes that come along with people who slackline. Oh really? Tell me. Yeah. He is American. Yeah, it's like I mean, I guess the stereotypes are not really positive or negative. It's just like super kind of hippie, hipster, like almost that um Burning Man type crowd. Well, he doesn't strike me as that. Interesting. He's like a tech guy. Interesting. I mean, tech guys can sometimes be like, oh, I'm a slackliner to be like, I'm so cool. 
(laughs) 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 Like, you know, it's like a work on the weekdays, but I party on the weekend. I drink beers and I slackline. I drink (laughs) local organic beers and I slackline. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we we don't stereotype on this podcast at all. We do not, know. I'm sure he's a lovely person, but I just felt that I had to share because you didn't even know about slacklining. (laughs) I know, I mean, thank you. That has definitely enlightened me. (laughs) So what have you been up to then? Well, so I kind of feel like I'm on an episode of The Bachelorette, except <laughs> there's no producers forcing anyone to make any sort of decision, and the men are not don't like want to be with me for like fame, so they just have less motivation to be interested. <laughs> but I feel like since I've been off the apps, I had I don't know however many people I was talking to, and it's slowly narrowing down and down and down. So now I'm down to three. I thought four, but then like one of the conversations kind of just like ended yesterday. So I'm like, okay, so I think I'm down to three people that are based near me that I could potentially meet. When the Bachelorette would this scenario be you giving one of them a rose? Yeah, so basically what would happen now is we would each do, we would do one more date. I would have one more date with each of them, and then I would give two of them a rose. Oh. And the finals, like, I would meet their families and stuff like that. <laughs> and then I would choose one. I guess the other <laughs> benefit of not being actual bachelorette is, like, I could choose two if I want. <laughs> Based on my dating history, it feel it seems more likely that there will be zero matches, but <laughs> <laughs> So what stage are you at with these guys at the moment then? Okay, so one of them I have a socially distant walk planned with for this coming weekend. So by the time this episode airs, we'll have had that date. OMG. It's gonna be my first socially distant date. It is the fellow who I had the date with after the <laughs> It is the fellow um, that I had the date with after we recorded our friendship episode when I was a little bit drunk. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the date going well? I cannot remember anything that we talked about. And because I deleted all the apps, I also, like, can't look back on those conversations with his profile. So, like, I know his name. That's a good start. That's about it. I can't remember what he does for work. I can't remember anything else. I do remember we did talk a bit about travel and he's a big traveler, even though he's not a nomad. So that's definitely a positive. Yeah. But yeah, so I guess it's going to be almost like a first date all over again. (laughs) Exciting. And I'm like a little nervous because I just feel like I don't remember how to interact with someone in real life. Yeah. I have to put on something other than sweatpants maybe. Oh my God, that's going to be weird. Am I going to put on makeup? Because like I'm not even going to have a Zoom filter. (laughs) (laughs) So Yeah. yeah. It feels a little bit weird. And then the other two, one has had two video dates and one has had three video dates. And I've talked a little bit with each of them about like, I feel like the next step is a socially distant walk, but haven't planned anything yet. So maybe that will, I'm going to try to get it done soon. I don't like when this like stage is dragging on a little bit, it feels like. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I totally agree. Um, I just kind of want to like get to know somebody and see if we can go forward together like I, I feel like I'm done at the getting to know you stage and I want to just be able to see if we want to move forward or not obviously if we do want to move forward there's still a lot to learn and a lot that could go wrong but yeah I feel like I'm just like a bit over this uh every two weeks we can have a video call stage. Yeah. 
yeah i get that okay well maybe we'll have some exciting updates for the next episode then exactly depending on when we record I'll have to try, maybe I'll try to get the other guy to be like, can you do our socially distant walk tomorrow? Because I need to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, obviously our dating lives are now completely geared around <laughs> what things we can say on the podcast. Yeah, that's literally all I think about when I'm like planning or going on the dates. I'm like, what would be the best narrative for the podcast? Totally. <laughs> So without further ado, let's move on to our main discussion, Gone with the Wi-Fi. So before we get on to our main interview with Natalia, we thought we would talk a little bit about how lockdown has provided a good opportunity for single people to get more in touch with their sexuality. Uh, So I remember at the beginning of lockdown, governments had different approaches to this. Do you remember Mm -hmm. the official advice to singletons from the Dutch government? No, I don't remember anything. (laughs) I remember this at the time because I thought it was hilarious. They they advised people to find a cuddle buddy. I'm doing speech (laughs) marks here. (laughs) Or or sex buddy for lockdown. Um, And then on the other side of the spectrum the new york city health department released this memo telling new york residents you are your safest sex partner so like the government's like they really addressed this (laughs) (laughs) they knew what people's top concerns would be (laughs) exactly so i think for this part of the podcast we're gonna focus more on the new york advice and i definitely feel like just from, you know, being on social media and reading, you know, women's magazines and websites that there's definitely been more discussion about like masturbation and solo pleasure during lockdown, which is really positive. And actually researching for this episode, I found out that May was officially masturbation month. Did you it know that? Was. I did know that because I saw people posting about it on the on the social medias. <laughs> But yeah, so I I was looking into this a bit and apparently sales of sex toys have gone absolutely through the roof since mm-hmm. lockdown. So I believe it. I yeah. I mean like, I have participated in that. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to, but I'm living at my mum's and mm-hmm. whenever a parcel arrives, there's like all this excitement. It's like, ooh, who's this parcel <laughs> for? What is it? And I was like, I just okay. can't risk it. <laughs> okay, because I was gonna say that I mean the company that I ordered that I may or may not have ordered from and like from what I hear, this is the standard that they are packaged discreetly, so you can't tell what it is just from getting the package. But yeah, I guess if your family's going to ask, <laughs> yeah, like, you could just um, wait outside the day it was meant to arrive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, apparently searches for sex, apparently searches for sex toys have increased by seventy-two percent since lockdown. <laughs> huge. That is a lot. Yeah, it's one of the few industries that's thriving during the pandemic. (laughs) I love that. I think that masturbating, especially for women, and especially being able to use sex toys, is awesome. And I think it's such a good way to connect with yourself sexually outside of a partner. I think particularly if you're dating men. I mean, I can't really speak for for women who are dating women because I've not done that. But the sense I get is that particularly if you're dating men who may not 
understand female sexuality as well. It's so great. And who also where you might feel insecure or self-conscious maybe about your body, you know, am I attractive to this person right now when you're doing it with yourself, just with a toy, like the toy doesn't judge that you gained quarantine weight. The toy (laughs) doesn't judge like the last time, like whatever you're doing with your body hair or the last time you showered or anything (laughs) like that. You know, the toy is just there to, to bring you pleasure. And yeah, I think it's awesome that, that that's happening and that more women are experimenting with that. And then when you do have a partner again, if you want that, you can bring all those cool things you learned and maybe your cool new sex toy into the bedroom with you. Totally. Yeah. Maybe I should get one delivered. (laughs) It could be be worth it. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And also, um, it just is good for you. Mm -hmm. It's, I mean... I'm going to list some of the things that I found that scientific studies have shown that orgasms can boost the immune system, reduce stress, help to exercise the pelvic floor, help to improve sleep and orgasming, is that Mm -hmm. a word, has been shown to keep brain function sharp and focused, (laughs) help reduce the risk of cardiovascular disease Mm -hmm. and and this is very relevant for this time decrease the risk of catching a cold or the flu by activating cells known to fight off illness it is very important and i when you're masturbating you get all those benefits but you remove any risk of a sexually transmitted infection or a partner Mm. who's not a good sex partner either physically or emotionally so there's really no downside (laughs) yeah exactly yeah it's really nice that I think it's really nice that lockdown has got people talking about it more yeah I think so too and I was actually reading about how um, both masturbating and reading erotica can be really good for managing stress and this is something that um our guests talked about in episode two I believe Candice and what was her partner's name Courtney Candace and Courtney talked about how you can trick yourself into into liking each other, into being excited by going on a date, for example, that gets your adrenaline rushing. And research has shown the same thing can happen with arousal. So if you are feeling stressed out, that can actually physiologically look similar in your body as sexual arousal. And if you are stressed out mm. and you read erotica or imagine a scenario to masturbate to you can actually transfer I guess I don't know if that's the right word but transfer (laughs) that stress from a more negative stress and anxiety type stress to sexual arousal and then the orgasm can release a lot of that stress amazing it's also so important for right now when there's a lot of stressful things happening in the world yeah definitely so moral of the story masturbate more (laughs) (laughs) definitely keep masturbating i think that masturbating and reading erotica can be also really good for people who might have trauma around sex and are trying Mm. to work towards uh, overcoming that trauma perhaps just for themselves or for wanting to move toward partnered sex again Mm. and what i was reading about was that Porn is very visual. I mean, we know that porn is very visual and very often geared towards men. And it's not that that can't arouse women, but women tend to get more aroused from 
context rather than just mm. visual cues yeah and feeling safety and trusting so women if you're really stressed out or if you're feeling self-conscious about your body that's more likely to affect your libido than it is for a man mm. and reading erotica experimenting with a vibrator using a website like omg yes to learn a new technique can help to create a safe contextual environment for having sexy times whereas when if especially when when you're with a new partner there can be a lot of unknowns and a lot of nervousness going into that yeah absolutely and these are also all things that can be brought to a partner i think even if you are partnered it's really valuable to experiment with these things on your own um as our guest is going to talk a little bit about later it can be really important to have things that you do alone and those things can be sexual. <laughs> and then when you bring it back to your partner, it can be really exciting. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And for those of us who don't have that opportunity <laughs> at the moment, when we do get a partner after lockdown, mm -hmm. um, yeah, you can bring those things to that relationship too. Definitely. And I mean, I don't think that sharing it with a partner necessarily needs to be the end goal. No, but it can not. definitely be an added bonus. All right, so before we bring on our guest Natalia, who we are really excited about, she has a lot of good insights about how lockdown has affected her sex life as a couple. We just wanted to share a little bit about our Patreon, as we now normally do in the middle of the episode, so it's harder for you to ignore us. <laughs> so <laughs> sneaky. Super sneaky of us. We now have three patrons. We're super excited, which means there are only two spots left for the mystery box, and we are recording this episode in the past. You're going to be listening to it a bit in the future, so I would go ASAP and get that spot. We've had really positive reviews of our mystery box one of our patrons said, absolutely loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the word phrase. she used was awesome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a direct quote. <laughs> uh, we think you're really going to love it too. All the proceeds over the summer are going to bail funds. And then after the summer, they will be going to support the production of this podcast. We are doing this all by ourselves, working really hard from our little lockdown podcast forts. And we would really appreciate any support if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. Yeah, and the benefits, if you do sign up, are super awesome. You get racy stories that we were too embarrassed to put on the podcast um what else do you get i just want to say that i think especially for this episode there's going to be some really good bonus stories so i would definitely get in now while you can <laughs> yeah you and you also get behind the scenes access to our nomadic lifestyle which isn't actually that nomadic at the moment but it's still going to be super interesting we also do a monthly virtual soiree, which is basically going to be us getting dressed up, drinking wine, and reliving episode five. And if you become our patron, you will be added, even in the $1 tier, all tiers, you will be added to our little limerick at the end of this episode. And so that is ever growing, and we're excited to continue reading it. Super excited. We introduced her earlier and now she's here. 
Natalia is an intuitive business mentor and founder of Remote Mission, which is in which is an inclusive remote job site that gives people with skills access to jobs that make a difference to their lives and the planet. She also has an amazing podcast called Bare Naked Chats, which discusses the modern female experience. Welcome, Natalia. It's so nice to have you. Hello. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. So can you start by telling us a little bit about what your lifestyle looked like before lockdown? Because we know you spent some time as a nomad, some time settled in one place with a home base. So do you want to just tell us a bit about what you were doing before uh, getting locked down inside? Yes. So I was, I have been in Spain for a little while and, and we had quite a stressful time actually about two weeks before lockdown happened because we had to move houses and I won't go into details because it's a little bit dramatic. (laughs) (laughs) We had to, I I will do a little rewind actually. So back in uh, October time, we drove down to Spain. So we tried to drive as much as possible rather than fly, which has been like our new thing the last few years. And so we drove down to Tarifa, which is one of our favorite places here in Spain. And, and on the way down, we ended up adopting a dog. Okay. <laughs> what kind of dog? Um, questionable. <laughs> <laughs> so she is, we think she is kind of part shepherd dog, part um, bosseron, which is it's like a French shepherd dog. Mm-hmm. And then um, mixed with like a smaller Spanish dog. So luckily she's not too big, but she's definitely shepherd-like. <laughs> um, so she, that, that's like a whole nother story of how lockdown has affected her. Mm-hmm. We'll go into that later potentially. But um, so we ended up adopting a dog. And then because of that, we were like, well, we should probably, because she was a puppy at the time, so she was three months old, so we rented out a place for a few months and we kind of decided to make a little bit of a home and and just see what what was going to happen, basically, you know, with all the intention of, well, not really having a plan, like most nomads, I think, that we, you know, you have a plan for a few months and you're like, oh, we'll just see what happens, see what, see what, see what we, you know, where the wind takes us. Um, and long story short our landlord was turned out to be a little bit of a psycho and very like very dramatically we had to move out within 24 hours you know we had to be escorted by the police to to move into somewhere else and then we had to go and grab all of our belongings and the dog and the cat because now we've also somehow managed to collect a cat on the way and um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and find somewhere else so we literally just moved into a flat for a, that we we literally like that same day had to move out of our own house and then we're like well let's just find somewhere else quickly to just move into um found a flat that was very flexible and they were just like the main rule is you have to be out by by june and that was a week before lockdown oh no <laughs> lockdown came comes in and you're like can we swear can I yeah. swear I don't know yeah, yeah swearing's a lot. I was like shit what are we gonna do like okay so now we have definitely have to stay here until June but that's our cutoff point and and of course you know I don't know if you guys know but in Spain the lockdown was really really strict like super super strict and it was just mm-hmm. in some ways lucky in some ways unlucky that we had a dog because we could go out 
every like you know every so often throughout the day to take her to the toilet but every police officer had different rules about how far away from your home you could be how like what times you're allowed out it was just really stressful Mm. um so there was that (laughs) and and before so before spain we were between the uk between spain um both myself and my partner we for a lot so we've been together a really long time we actually got together at school when we were 18 and then you know university comes along we broke up for quite some time for like about four or five years had different you know different relationships different experiences traveled do all that kind of thing got our lives together thought we knew what we wanted in life all that kind of jazz that you do in your early 20s and um and then you know as fate happened we found each other again when we were when so he was in London and I was doing an exhibition I was part of like an art gallery and doing different things and we just happened to meet each other again but for the next I, I would maybe five years we never actually lived together so we were together but we were never together so we would travel together sometimes I was off all over the place you know Thailand and Nepal and India and all different places and and we we, we just wasn't you know, we both were wanting to do different things. So we were both in different places most of the time. And then we would just come together whenever um, we could. And Mm -hmm. then we started traveling more often together. And then eventually Chris left his job and came on board working for Remote Mission and some of the other Mm -hmm. stuff that I'm doing. Ah. And then we were able to travel together more um and it's really funny because what actually happened was we rented a place in bristol and luckily it was a six-month contract with with like a rolling contract but we had all intentions of settling down you know oh the nomad life's over you know we'll just settle down like do our thing six months comes along and i'm like yeah (laughs) (laughs) not sure about this shall we just like pack it in and move on again and and so that's what we did and, and how so long ago was that? That was about two and a half years ago. Okay. That we were completely like, no, let's let's go back on the road, but this time let's do it together. Hmm. And yeah, and that's that's kind of how we ended up touring and throwing between Spain and, and different places. Um and how we ended up here during lockdown. So what did your, what's your relationship looked like for like the last two and a half years now that you're sort of traveling or living together compared to when you hadn't actually been seeing each other that much before? Mm, So it's interesting. So before, like we've always had a really great relationship. Like we never really argue. Um, We're always generally quite on the same page. I'm very much the emotional speaker. (laughs) (laughs) I like talking about everything mm-hmm. <laughs> and Chris is very much like if I don't have to talk about it I'm just not gonna <laughs> but if you force me then fine and and so it was a little bit like that and I was getting more and more frustrated by the fact that we weren't able to be together because I wasn't feeling there was something missing there was something missing in the connection there was something missing like sexually because it wasn't you know for women and, and like we've talked about this on the Bare Naked Chats podcast actually with, um, I can't remember, but they, 
they were talking about how women and men see, you know, respond to different situations differently. Like our hormones are, are, are working in a completely different way. And for women, in order to feel like having sex to be like at all, it's, it's a whole buildup of stuff. It's a whole buildup. It's like setting the scene, right? You know, and there's a reason why the whole romance and, and, you know, all that, like going out for a rest to the restaurant and like, blah, 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 like all that thing. There's a reason why that exists because women genuinely need that in order to actually want to have sex. Like mm-hmm. it's a much more mental thing rather than just physical and emotional. Right. And so I was lacking that I was lacking the buildup. And there was a lot of, you know, I know I'm sure other people who are in long distance relationships or if you're, you know, you're, you're each traveling in different places and then come together, there's that expectation of we've got a weekend, we've got to have sex. We, you know, we've got like a day between when we're both in different places, we need to make the most of it. And there's mm. so much pressure around that, that, mm. And a lot of the time you don't realize it until your physical body and your emotional body is responding in a way that you're not comfortable with. And that was exactly what was happening with me to the point where, and there's a few different reasons about this, but one of them was very much that we weren't together a lot of the time and that setting the scene wasn't happening. And it was, it was also a little bit around control. Like I was having a lot of issues about, you know, how, how, like, like I grew up with very much like overly controlling situation, like childhood. And so control was, has always been a bit of a trigger for me. And so not being in control of my body and my emotions and how I wanted it to respond. And then also not wanting like, really wanting to have sex but feeling like I needed to and then resenting that you know straight away of course that's gonna impact what happens and and so physically my body started to reject sex like it literally was like I'm not doing this and so like honestly for at least four years like sex was horrendous for me like it was really painful it was something that was really resenting I was getting angry like you know, we'd start having sex and they'd be like, nah, I'm not, I'm not feeling this. It's not happening. Mm-hmm. And even times when I wanted to, my actual body would reject it because it's such a, like a, you know, it's so intertwined. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it was really, it was a really tricky time for us. And when we started to spend more time together, what actually happened was communication happened more. And through communication, we were able to, dissect some of this and start to understand it because you know it's it was really difficult because I was just getting frustrated and angry and so when I would be like this isn't working you're not doing it right like obviously that's (laughs) not very helpful (laughs) (laughs) and a little bit you know like your ego like like the the male ego gets a little bit crushed (laughs) naturally and so when you're able to start communicating a bit more compassionately and you know each each side can understand a little bit more and um, and you're able to you know start showing emotion and start being more comfortable with okay we don't actually have to do this we can just do it when we want because Mm. we're like together all the time (laughs) doesn't really matter um slowly that starts to 
go back to normal. And actually what happened was last year I came off the pill and, and I talk about this in, in the other podcast a lot because mm-hmm. it was such a big thing for me coming off the pill because I, I've had such a fear of getting pregnant for so long mm-hmm. um, that coming off the pill, like I was like, I'm not sure if this is going to work or, or if it's going to be, you know, if it's going to create the opposite effect of what I want it to create basically. And, but to, honestly, it has made such a big difference to my life like such a huge difference and it has taken about a year to to come back to some kind of normality around Mm. accepting like accepting my sexuality and accepting like all of this kind of stuff and and feeling a lot more confident and and yeah and then like lockdown happened and (laughs) hello sexy links (laughs) (laughs) yeah we want to hear all about this (laughs) but can I just quickly ask when you talk about coming off the pill really Mm. changing things was that a hormonal shift that you were feeling more physically or was that more of a a mindset shift or kind of intertwined yeah so it's it's actually really hard for me to pinpoint I feel like definitely I I definitely think there was a hormonal aspect to it Mm -hmm. um you know, I, I started to feel, I remember actually talking to my mom and my sister about this, probably about three months after I came off the pill. And I literally said something along the lines of, it feels like my world was gray before. And now suddenly I'm seeing in, col- in color, like I feel like I'm now colorful. Mm. And like before I was just a gray cloud. Like that is the, the shift that it had like just three months into it, Mm. that coming off the pill. It was like, it's like, you know, when people talk about being on antidepressants, it felt like I'd just kind of gone, lifted the veil. It felt like I'd lifted this veil and was like, oh yeah, this is me. (laughs) Like I'd forgotten who I was. And, And suddenly I'm seeing things from a different perspective again. And I'm feeling things slightly differently. And I'm and it wasn't so, it wasn't like such a huge shift that suddenly I was able to have sex again, but it was like, I was getting more comfortable again. Yeah, it was, it was a really interesting time because, and it's funny because it's actually when I came off the pill was when we started Bare Naked Chats podcast. And so <laughs> like, it's like looking back to, on that, like I'm seeing me talking about that journey mm. and, and how like I'm starting to like get more comfortable. And actually it's funny because I 100% think that that podcast changed our relationship as well because Chris was editing it. Mm. Okay. And so, so he was hearing everything you were saying. Exactly. And you know, I'm pretty open as we can see from this conversation right now. So (laughs) I was like blurting everything out and spilling out everything and being like, yeah, well, you know, like you need, you need to communicate and you need the the touch and you need this and you need that. And, and talking about the resentment and talking about all this stuff. And Chris was there like editing away, listening, like, "Hmm, okay. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because we didn't really, we didn't talk about it for a while like it was just like a conversation we were having through the podcast wow that's so interesting interesting. yeah so meta (laughs) it it was it was really funny because 
there were times where I knew that he, I'm taking one thing out so that he's not shouting so, <laughs> so that he can't hear me yelling about this, bless him. Um, <laughs> but I, I, there were times where I knew he'd gone, gone away and researched some of the stuff so that he could have more, um, you know, just be more knowledgeable about it and, and have something to say about it. And there were times when he'd research stuff I didn't even know. And he'd be like, yeah, well, actually, did you know that? But I'm like, that's a really good point. I'll mention that in the podcast. Thank you. (laughs) But it was really nice to feel like he cared enough to go away and do the research and that he was obviously listening to it. Mm. Um, And that made a massive difference, like huge difference. And then we were able to start talking more openly about it all as well. Not that we weren't, but I think our communication had got so like, you know, almost like blocked because of how each of us were feeling about different aspects of it so that we weren't seeing it enough from the other person's perspective. Um, Mm. And I was getting really frustrated that he wasn't doing stuff and he was getting frustrated because he felt like he couldn't do anything right. And, and, you know, and like this just sort of relationship cycle that that goes Mm. on sometimes. Um, so yeah, so I came off the pill, we communicated through the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're uh, locked and then lockdown happened. <laughs> and then lockdown happened. <laughs> and in that same process, that same process, I was doing a lot of um personal healing and and looking through, you know, my traumas. And actually what happened was about a probably about a year before all of my issues started happening was I had a miscarriage, like a, like early miscarriage, and 100% that affected my like my physical body. And it wasn't until February of this year, you know, a month before lockdown, mm-hmm. that I realised to the like what extent that was. And I went and had a load of reflexology and and a load of like healing. And I, and you know, I'm, I'm a certified healer myself. So I was doing stuff for myself and looking into it and that like moving the, the physical trauma through like that, you know, that was still in my body because, you know, I was saying my, it was my physical body that was responding in such a bad way. Like mm-hmm. even when I actually wanted it, like I'd be like, you know, I'd be wet and it would be not happening. Like it literally would be mm-hmm. getting blocked. Like it's just, it's like having a brick wall and there'd be nowhere to go. (laughs) And um, just for, you know, that image for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) And, and so I had a load of stuff in February that triggered a lot. And I, I had no idea to what extent that was going to work. And then March comes along and, you know, we've just had a stressful time moving and we were like a week into lockdown. And then I got ill like actually like had the virus for six weeks and it was like freaking horrendous but just before we actually had sex I say it's like we've never had sex but we (laughs) had sex and I was like hold on a minute we've just had sex and there's not been an issue um and like this is fine and so that that obviously like impacted certain things but then of course I got ill Chris got ill like six weeks go by because of course you don't really want to be having sex whilst you're you know super ill Mm -hmm. but it's almost like you know when you're not allowed to do something that you want to do something more yeah (laughs) 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 like that tension I feel like built up a little bit 
Mm. And then as soon as we started feeling better, it was like, right, let's get to it. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and basically we've been having sex ever since and it's been great. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So yeah, it's, been interesting and I, I do think there's a big part of when you are apart and even when you're traveling together like there's that element of excitement when you are traveling which kind of does create stuff like you know we've traveled in the van and of course we've had sex in the van and different things and there's an element of oh like this is naughty but I think that when you're together a lot and you have to go th- it's that when you have to go through something together I do think it brings you closer in a different way and yeah and I think that almost like our connection got stronger without us having to do anything and like intuitively we ended up on the same page somehow and that was just it was just easier to to move to the next level Mm. to the point and I've not said this anywhere and not many people know this but I've always like always been against having kids like always mm-hmm. um and I like bang on about it all the time in bare naked chats like I want kids blah, blah, blah. and there's like many <laughs> reasons for that okay and, and my logic brain um you know morally I'm still like mm, so many reasons that I don't want children mm-hmm. but now like genuinely in the last three months I'm like oh that could be a thing <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's big. What the hell? (laughs) What the hell? Where did that come from? That's so interesting. So I guess that part is almost like a, it could be viewed as a positive or a negative Mm -hmm. um, of of this kind of lockdown spark that you've cultivated. Have there been any negatives to being, I mean, other than getting the virus, uh, have there been any other negatives to being locked down in this situation together? Definitely. Like, I feel like the more you get to know someone, the more you spend time with them, the more you're going to be like, I need to breathe. (laughs) (laughs) The more it's like, can you not do that? annoying thing that you do please because <laughs> me up right now and it's the only thing that I can focus on because there's literally nothing else that I can be doing right now <laughs> um so yeah there've been moments like that we had a lot of arguments about whose turn it was to take the dog out and cook and you know all of that kind of stuff and I don't mean like full-on arguments but mm-hmm. and getting annoyed with each other and it's not really something that we do very often so we were definitely getting annoyed more I do think Chris at first was a little bit like what the hell has happened to you why do you want to have sex like a like all the time <laughs> back off <laughs> <laughs> and so it was a lit. it was like a, like you know reversal of our roles in many respects mm. um and so that was a little bit weird to start to get used to for both of us and also, you know, being like, you know, you guys say like when you're running your own business, being ill for six weeks and not being able to work is mm. a fucking shit show, right? So yeah. like <laughs> then I was trying to catch up with work and getting really stressed and frustrated about things and you know, like I don't wanna have to cook, you cook, like I don't want I don't have time to do that, like you deal mm. with it. Like and it was like, it was really stressful and, and just really simple things like 
not being able to go to the shops and having to deal with ordering online and then um you know chris doesn't speak spanish and i my like spanish is spanglish and you know Mm. like then that going wrong and then me having to fix it and it was just this whole like weird dynamic of like I don't need any more added stress <laughs> and you are creating it for me <laughs> you know not intentionally but it's happening yeah. and like that from my perspective that was you know frustrating and then from his perspective it was just like you know just do this like I'm doing the shopping like just get on the phone and sort it out and like it's that kind of you know it's like when you're working for yourself there's like elements of like super stressed right now don't fuck me up (laughs) (laughs) totally so yeah so um so I actually interviewed Natalia for an article I was working on about lessons that freelancers are learning during lockdown about their businesses but I now want to ask the question what lessons have you learned during lockdown about sort of sex and intimacy that you want to take forward after lockdown yeah I mean, the biggest one definitely has to be communication, you know, communicating. And it's funny because I was just describing to my friend earlier about how I won't go into it today because it's like a whole other ramble. But, you know, my epiphany around hmm, maybe like having kids isn't like the end of the world. It went on for some time before I spoke to Chris about it. And I was having like my own little mental breakdown over this. (laughs) And I just could not. Like, I, like, every time I tried, I physically could not open my mouth to talk to him about it. I was like, oh, just can't do it. <laughs> and, and it was like, <laughs> it was like part me because I was like, do I really want this? Do I want to open this door? And then, like, it's hard to close it. And then also it was like, just fucking cringe. Like, you know, when, like, there's something cringe about it. And I was just like, I just can't do this. And then obviously, you know, at some point it comes out and you're like, oh yeah, that was easy. And, and since then we've been able to have discussions about it again and talk about it. And I like a hundred percent communication is like the biggest, the biggest thing, you know, like the fact that we needed a podcast to communicate to each other is just <laughs> ridiculous, <laughs> but you know, it worked. And, and bearing in mind, not that we didn't communicate before, but it, obviously there was an element where we like it wasn't happening at the right level or we weren't listening to each other in the right way. Right. And I think that's the other thing, actually listening to the other person mm. um, and realizing things from their perspective rather than just from your own. Like I'm saying mm. that I was getting really pissed off and frustrated with him during lockdown, but equally he was getting, you know, he was feeling similarly about me and my, like the way that I was acting and like accepting that and appreciating that and I think that's a really you know setting aside your ego and your pride and and all of Mm. that jazz and realizing that it's not always how you imagined it and I think that's that is the biggest thing because our brains love to fuck us over (laughs) (laughs) our brains love to mess (laughs) things up for us and to make us think that things are you know a different way so they actually to to what they actually are and you like if you're someone who overthinks stuff oh my god like please communicate because if you're an overthinker you're gonna fuck yourself over big time (laughs) like like don't even you know like sex is out the window when you start overthinking (laughs) 
so yeah that I would say that is the biggest lesson um that's kind of like the year but like that lockdown has like personified like it's magnified right and then I would say like appreciation of the little things like you know before lockdown I was calling Chris the the um washing up fairy because like I'd wake up and the washing had been done I'm like oh the fairy's oh, been amazing. how lovely <laughs> but then it's like you know but then you're like oh but I'm like cooking every night that's fucking annoying like why do I have to be the cook and like you can cook sometimes and you're like actually we have different roles and realizing and appreciating that Mm. um and I don't like I don't know if you guys have ever read or looked into the five love languages but um Mm. I remember doing that a couple of years ago and being like okay we're just different we're just mm. different. We know we, we show our love differently. We expect love in differently. And so we need to realize that. And I remember asking Chris the questions for the quiz and then be like, so basically you're this and I'm this. He was like, oh, didn't realize I did a quiz. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but we were able to chat about it and kind of realize that. And, you know, I don't know how much of it sank in for him, but it really made me appreciate that we show love in different ways and and you know lockdown has very much kind of done that again really on on like another level because it's like he he does you know he cleans the kitchen and like goes out to the shops and like I do like the cooking and all the other bits and like suddenly we both have roles that we've not talked about but we have and though that's annoying sometimes it's like appreciate appreciating those little things that we each do Mm. how we you know how we do it out of love for each other even though sometimes it can feel like the the opposite because it's like I want you to do it this way I want you to do it this way right Mm. and just realizing that everyone's a bit different and how they show that Mm. yeah I think that's lovely that's such a wonderful place to wrap up but is there anything that we didn't get to that you wanted to share or any final tips you have for people who might be nomading or lockdown 24 7 together um I would say remember to find your own space Mm -hmm. like whether Mm -hmm. you're traveling or in lockdown or any of you know anything like having your own time is so so important like you know we weren't able to really be out of each other's you know like out of the house particularly but we like, <laughs> though we argued about taking the dog out, you know, we definitely valued being able to leave the front door on our own um, and go out for a few minutes on our own and just have a breather. Mm. And then, like, you know, I would do meditation. And you know what? Like, oh, my God, having a shower, like having a shower on your own was like, <laughs> it's like suddenly become my, like, literally my healing thing. Mm-hmm. You go in and you're just like, this is my space. um so yeah just just remember you don't have to give literally everything to the other person and you're allowed Mm -hmm. your own space and time Mm -hmm. even when you are going through you know even when you are going through um relationship healing or any of that kind of stuff that like you do need to have that that time apart and that space to remember who you are and I think that you know through all of the healing that I did and I you know I talked about that I think that's what I needed. I needed to be like, who am I again? Like, what? where's my sexuality? Where's my like 
feminine, you know, badassery and then bring that into their relationship rather than doing it in and for the relationship on its own. Mm. Yeah, that's such a good point. Oh, well, thank you so much for coming on, Natalia. It's been so nice to chat. It's been lovely. So that brings us to our last segment, The Scarlet Text. And this week, it's my turn to give a recommendation. So in the spirit of this episode, which is all about rediscovering your sexuality, I have chosen City of Girls by Elizabeth Gilbert, which I loved so much. I read it. It must have been earlier this year because it hasn't been out that long. Mm -hmm. And it's about showgirls in the 1940s. Mm. And um, it's so, yeah, it's often described in reviews as a romp because it's just it's really fun. And it's like lots of dancing and costumes and it's really colorful. And but it's also got some sort of more serious themes of the women back then and how sexuality was viewed. Um, and it's just it's a brilliant book and I would just totally recommend it to anyone. That has been on my list. I mean, for a little while, as you said, it's not been out that long, but I am definitely looking forward to reading that soon. So that brings us to one of us who got revenge on a middle school crush. And I have no idea what that's all about. So <laughs> Kayla, please go ahead. Okay, well, a bit of background. I have talked a little bit on this podcast about how about my disdain for textual relationships. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. So I really don't like them. And this is not something that has come with the wisdom of age or with wanting more depth to my relationship. This has been always. I've never liked textual relationships. And I remember the very first textual relationship I was in and how confusing it was. So it was this guy that I was talking to when I was maybe 13 or 14. I can't remember if I was in, in ninth grade just starting high school or in, in eighth grade just finishing middle school, but it was, it was around there. And I can't remember how we met either. It must have been a mutual friend or something. But we had never met in person. We were talked on MSN Messenger. Of course. And we would talk all the time and we were super flirty and we would like send each other photos, like not sexy photos because I was like 14, but <laughs> <laughs> photos and just like we talked like all the time. And I thought like, oh my God, I am like going to get a boyfriend. This is so exciting. Like nobody ever wants to like be my boyfriend. So. And he was like really sweet. And uh, we, I just really liked talking to him and I would always be like, try to make a plan to meet and he would always like say something back something that I'm very used to now but at the time I was like what is happening and eventually I realized that like he was not going to want to meet in person and we had a little bit of a I can't remember if we had a breakup or I just stopped talking to him but I definitely remembered that and was confused by that and was hurt by that and was really sad that he just wanted to text me and didn't want to meet in real life and I just I didn't get it anyways Flash forward to a few months ago when I was on the apps here. I matched with this guy and we were chatting a little bit. And to be fair, the conversation was already not going that great. It was a little bit dull. So I didn't think he was going to make it to a video date anyways. Yeah. He was like, you look familiar. Did we used to talk like 15 years ago? <laughs> and I was like, did we? And then I kind of remembered that guy and I was like, oh, I think that is the name. Like, I think they do have the same name and he kind of looks similar. And obviously it makes sense like that he would live in this 
area because I think we just went to like different high schools in the season. No way. And I was like, shit, it's him. And then like I asked him for his last name and I was like, oh my God, yes, it's you. And then I just like was so excited about it. <laughs> but I didn't know what to do. I was like, secret plan, revenge on my mind. <laughs> but like I didn't have any real plan for revenge because like I didn't really know. Like, I wasn't going to, like, try to catfish him or anything. I just ended up, like, slow fading. But it felt very sweet because he would, like, be like, hello, hello, are you still there? And I just, like, wouldn't respond. I'd be like, ha, 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 now who's interested and is not getting what they want? (laughs) I love that. That is brilliant. (laughs) It was probably the best thing I've ever got out of the dating apps, to be honest. (laughs) That was worth being on them for all that time, just for that moment. Just for that, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) it's pretty exciting so that's my short and sweet revenge story (laughs) i love it it's brilliant next week we are equally excited and apprehensive about our manisode (laughs) maybe a little bit more apprehensive (laughs) we're both going to bring on one of our exes to talk about everything from what we were like to date to life as a single man during lockdown it's going to be one to remember especially for us have a wild dating story send us an email to datingabroadnomads at gmail.com or if you want to set one of us up on a virtual date we'd be up for that too We may or may not include clips of it for our patrons. That's right. You can also become a patron of the podcast at patreon.com slash datingabroad, where our tiers are named just as wittily as our segments. Benefits start from just $1 a month and range from bonus content to racy to air to monthly soirees and a coaching call with one of us about digital nomad life. We now have three amazing patrons, Lucy, Abigail and Kiwi. And because we got so excited when we first got patrons, we're going to continue to do a limerick about our patrons from now on. All right, here we go. There once was a girl from Toronto who became our patron pronto. She was joined by a nomad who is definitely not a bromad. And we'll all be a family like the Sopranos. Then came a girl called Kiwi who listens to our podcast in Germany. And now you will have to wait until we get more patrons to hear the rest of the limerick. So join now if you want to be immortalized by our wonderful poetry. (laughs) It's totally worth it. Totally worth $1 a month. (laughs) Um, Her lovely music is by the kind and talented Lee Trong. Visit her website at leetrong.bandcamp.com. And our awesome logo is by Samina, who's on Instagram at Samina Scribbles. We are also on Instagram at dating underscore a underscore broad. And you can find us on Facebook at Dating Abroad Nomads. Thank you for listening. See you next time.